Hey, this is Beth Nelson. I serve as the lead pastor at Prairie Heights Community Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for listening today. I hope this motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. Well, how's everybody doing today? It's good to be with all of you. I know many of you are watching online today, and we're just so grateful that we can connect. We're on a series called Climate Change. Now, I'm from North Dakota, spent almost all my life in North Dakota, and here's what I love about North Dakotans, and I got to believe, like those of you who are from Minnesota, you're much like this. In the summertime, it's way too hot, isn't it? Like, let's be honest, just by a show of hands, how many have ever caught themselves complaining about how hot it is in North Dakota or Minnesota? Okay, the rest of you are lying. Okay, we do that, right? And, and I've caught myself many times in the summers in North Dakota, when it gets up to like the high 80s and into the 90s, I'm just like, oh man, this is miserable. I can't wait till it cools down. <laughs> and then we have this time of year, right? We know that it's going to change, and, and i got to be honest with you, this morning as I went out to start up the vehicle, I got out, and, and I didn't know it was going to snow, you know. Who would have thought in November it was going to snow? And I get up, and I start my car, and I was like, oh, man, this is terrible. It's so cold. <laughs> I can't wait till it warms up. And we're all looking for climate change all the time, aren't we? And what I love about the series is all of us, no matter who you are, no matter what your background is, no matter where you've come from, all of us are carrying things inside of us that create a climate all around us. For some of us, we're pretty stormy, you know, anywhere you go, there's just a storm. For some of you go into a place and you just bring like this peace and calm. And I think you'd agree with me that across our states today, there just seems to be a heavy climate on all of us. I don't know if you've noticed this, you might have missed this, but we've had an election a couple weeks ago. And I've been blown away at how we've been talking to each other and how we've been treating each other, and there just seems to be a heaviness on us. Then of course, Our governor comes out with this mandate where we have to wear masks. And I don't know if you guys are the same as we are in Bismarck. I mean, it's just created a storm in Bismarck. People are fighting with each other and they're at each other. And they're just kind of like this tension on so many people. There's just a heavy climate. Then you have COVID and, and of course, you throw social media into it, right? And social media just like intensifies everything. And I can't help but think that this climate that we're experiencing today is having such a great impact in so many people right now. But I'm convinced of this. And I want you to grasp this. I know not everybody here is is a follower of Jesus Christ or those of you who are watching online would say, you know what, I'm I'm a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. But I believe this. Like if you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, your climate has to be different than the rest of the world. It has to be. And if there's ever a time for you and I to do like a deep soul check and say, God, I just want you to like search me. 
deep into my soul, and I want to do this like climate check in my life, and, and what kind of atmosphere am I creating around me? And, and when I interact with people, like what am I leaving with them, and am I changing anything for the better? I love what Paul says in the book of Romans. Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so my hope for this morning is this, is like we'll allow God to really like do a deep soul check on all of us and say, God, if, if I'm creating a climate around me that isn't of you, that isn't helping people out, that's creating more storm around me, God, I just pray that you would change me that you would change not only my mind, but change my heart and help me think differently and help me respond differently and help me talk to people differently. Because I think you'd agree with me, if there's ever a time for those of us who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ to stand up and start making a difference, it's right now. The world is counting on us. I wanna talk a little bit today about relationships, specifically conflict in relationships. Because I just feel like we're at each other right now. I think you'd agree with me that this world would be so much easier if it wasn't for people, right? I mean, think about your job. Your job would be so much easier if it wasn't for people, right? In fact, many of you would say, you know what, I would love my job. It's just the people I work with. It's just the people I have to work with. I mean, to be really honest, as we're, we're getting into the holiday season, some of you would absolutely love the holidays if it wasn't for your family, right? <laughs> people. And I want you to think for a few moments, like what is it about people that just angers us? What is it about people that just frustrates you? Because we all have it, don't we? I mean, for me, I think about <clears throat> some of the things I do on an everyday basis. I, uh, I live on the south side of Bismarck, and, and my son goes to school all the way up on the north side of Bismarck. And, and so I have to drive my son all the way up to Horizon uh, every morning, and it's about a 25-minute drive. And, and I, I take this, this street, it's called Washington in Bismarck. And if you're familiar with Bismarck, you know it. Washington goes all the way from the north side of town all the way to the south side of town. And it's an old street that's been there forever, and it's a really busy street in the mornings. And, and I'm telling you, it would be a great drive every morning, but, but one of the things that frustrates me is, is for much of Washington, it's, there's like, there's two lanes. And so you can drive next to cars and, you know, there's two lanes going both different directions. But, but there's several spots on Washington where it turns into one lane. And they always put it like a street light there. And I know it, and so I get into the left lane and, and I know that, you know what, I don't have to merge, I don't have to like swing over, I don't have to get in way of cars, and so I get in that lane because I drive it every day. But it happens every day. Somebody will come up and pull on the right side of me. And I'll look over at them. And first I'll check if it's a North Dakota license plate. And I'll look over them and I'm thinking in my mind, like, you drive this every day. You know that this is going to turn into a one lane here in a second. And then the light turns green. And then you have that moment, right? Where you go just fast enough to try to stay ahead of that car next to you. And they're speeding up because in their mind, they're going to get ahead of you and pull in front. And so you're like, kind of like, 
in a very Christ-like way, drag racing a little old lady down Washington. And then you feel just a little bit on edge, and that little old lady cuts in front of you. And I don't know if you're like me, but that ticks me off. And so I do what any good preacher would do, is I get right up on their tail. And I throw up my hands like, I can't believe that you just did this. And I throw a little bit of a hissy fit, and it drives me nuts, and I get angry. Another thing that gets me angry is my son, he's a, he's a baseball player, and he's a pretty good little baseball player, and I love going to his baseball games, and, and he's a catcher, and he's a pitcher, and so, like, he'll... Uh, He'll catch most of the game, and he can throw it hard, and so they'll throw him in at that last few outs at the end of the game. And, and of course, as a parent, you just, you're a little bit on edge at that moment, you know, because it's always like the game is close, and then they put your son in at the game, and, and the stands will be full of people that you kind of know. And this drives me nuts. My son will get up there, and he'll pitch. And, and sometimes he's on. Like, sometimes he's just throwing strikes, and it's just like, man, he's nailing it, you know. And, and there's times where every once in a while... He's not on. And he'll get up there and he'll pitch. And he's having a hard time finding the strike zone. And he'll, and he'll throw it and he'll pitch and he'll pitch and he'll just be missing. And, and then sure enough, without fail, there'll be that dad like sitting like five rows away from you. And he'll holler out, you got to throw strikes. And I look at my wife and I whisper, I'm going to knock that guy out. And my wife is like, no, you can't do that. You know, everybody knows what you do. Well, <laughs> I know. She'll throw a few more pitches. And there'll be balls. And he'll walk the guy. And then that dad will yell again, you got to throw strikes. And I can't take it anymore. And I look down and I think, hey, genius. You think he's trying to throw balls. And my wife is like in panic mode at that moment. And that just angers me. And then without fail, I'll have to go to that dad after the game and be like, hey, listen, I just lost my cool and I'll, and I'll apologize. And, but in my mind, I'm thinking, you knucklehead, you know? And I think we all have people that frustrate us, right? We all have people that anger us. We all have at times in our lives where we have had conflict with other people. And I think in the climate that we're living in right now, I think, man, it's just heavier than it's ever been in my lifetime. The conflict that we have. And what I find so amazing is Jesus has so much to say when it comes to relationships and conflict. And my hope as we talk about some of these things today is that we can do this deep soul check and, and evaluate the relationships around us and maybe just maybe do something about some of the conflict that you and I are facing today in our relationships. Because Jesus said some outlandish things about relationships that are pretty heavy. In fact, several times people would come up to him in Scripture. We, we read where people would come up to him. In fact, one in particular, a, 
an expert in the law, somebody who knew Scripture in and out, somebody who knew all the laws of God, and, and, and he knew them, and he taught them, and he studied them. And he, and he comes up to Jesus one day, and he says, like, hey, listen, Jesus, of all the, the commands that God has given, what is the greatest? And Jesus, without hesitation, says this. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then he goes on to say, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says, the law and the prophets, all those rules that you guys study, all those laws that you try to live by, all the thou shall not and do this and don't murder and don't commit adultery and don't steal, all those things, they hang on these two commands. In other words, if you don't love God with everything and you don't love people, you might as well throw everything else out because all those commands hang on love God and love people. And when Jesus says the second is like it, when he says love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the second is like it, he's not saying, hey, like the second kind of comes like underneath of it a little bit, but it's in second place. So, so really get this one down and then try hard at this one. He, he doesn't mean that when he says it. When he says the second is like it, he says they go hand in hand. They're connected to each other. You got to love God and just like it, you got to love your neighbor. So before we dive into this, you need to understand this and you need to grasp this today. Our relationship with each other impacts our relationship with God. Our relationships with each other have a direct impact on our relationship with God. In other words, like if you have broken relationships, you need to hear this this morning. If you have broken relationships, and many of us do, it's having a direct impact on your relationship with God. When you have brokenness with somebody, it's going to do something inside of you that's going to affect your relationship with God himself. For some of you, it's going to cause you not to pray as much. For some of you, it's going to create an attitude inside of you that just kind of festers and grows and you become bitter. And it impacts your relationship with God. But not only that, Jesus was saying, listen, our relationship with God is going to impact our relationship with each other. Our relationship with God is going to impact our relationship with each other. In other words, if you're pursuing God with everything you have, if you're saying, God, I want you to search me and I want you to deep, do a deep soul check on me and God, I'm, I'm pursuing you every day and, and I want to live right and I want to do what you want me to do, that's going to impact your relationship with others. You see, you're not going to be able to settle for broken relationships. You're not going to be able to settle for unforgiveness. Because your desire is to serve God with everything. Jesus was saying those things go hand in hand. You can't separate them. So you can't help but ask yourselves, why do we experience conflict, right? Why do we experience conflict? I, I've evaluated my own life and I've, 
I've tried to figure that out. Like, why do we experience that? For some of it, it's just because disappointment. I mean, we've, we've had these expectations of people and they just let us down, whether it's people who work for you or whether it's coworkers or, or whether it's people in your family. Like, like, people disappoint us, don't they? We have these hopes and we have these expectations that, that aren't always met and we're just deeply disappointed at times. And when we're disappointed, conflict can come with it. For some of us, let's be honest, we've experienced conflict because of hurt. I know this, and and I never pretend to know the, the hurt that some of you experience, but I know this, that many of you in this place and many of you are watching at home today, you've experienced deep hurt in your life. I mean, some of the hurt that you've experienced, like you have held on to, and you haven't shared with anybody, and the hurt is real, and and many times the hurt has come from somebody that you trust, somebody that you're supposed to have just a connection with, somebody who wasn't supposed to hurt you, but for whatever reason, they've hurt you. And that relationship was severed, it was broken. And every time I talk about this issue, because I talk about this issue quite a bit, about our relationships with each other, because it was, it was such a hot topic for Jesus, and he talked about it all the time. And, and every time I talk about forgiveness and, and conflict, people will come up to me and they'll say, Mike, listen, you have no idea, no idea how much they hurt me. You can't relate to that pain. The person that I was supposed to love, the person that I should have been able to trust, hurt me so deeply. How can I ever forgive them? And my answer is, listen, listen, I I can't understand it. I know. I can't feel the pain that you felt, but I know this. The one who, who calls us to be in right relationship with people, the one who calls us to forgive people, the, the one who expects us to mend broken relationships was so one time on a cross and he's being crucified this horrible ugly death in front of a group of people that he loved deeply in front of a group of people that he cared about and as they were jeering him and as they were looking at him in disgust and as he was dying on a cross He looked at them and looked up to the Father and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And so although I don't understand your hurt or or maybe can't relate to the hurt, I know this. The God who calls us into right relationships demonstrated it for us. And for some of you who have been hurt deeply, I believe that God has some good news for you today. But not only that, we experience hurt because of our own sin many times. Our own sin. Things that maybe you and I have done that we're not very proud of. Maybe you cheated on a spouse and it just blew everything up in your home. Maybe you did something at work that you just knew you weren't supposed to do and it caused conflict in the workplace. I think back at my ministry, and, and there's so many times where, where the conflict that took place was because of my own sin. I think in particular, right, 
right when I was graduating from college. I was in a Youth for Christ program. And, and when I was in college, I, I had this Youth for Christ program that we ran a basketball, an inner city basketball program. And it was just an incredible ministry. And, and in the Chicago area, we would invite kids to come to an open gym. And uh, if they came to an open gym, they had to sit in a Bible study with me. How awesome is that, huh? <laughs> and we'd have like 150 inner city kids show up every week to play basketball. And I would go out and play basketball with them. And I'd realize how slow I was and how much I couldn't jump, but just built great relationships with these inner city kids. And one of the guys that I didn't directly work with, but he had another ministry going on in, in the Chicago area. And we were all part of Youth for Christ. His name was Tom. Tom was a good guy and, and he was out doing some incredible ministry. But, but Tom did something that that I'm not going to share with you all, but Tom did something that I didn't approve of. I thought what Tom did was wrong, and it, and it kind of like angered me a little bit and frustrated me a little bit. And, and instead of going to Tom and dealing with the issue, which would have been the right thing to do, instead of like sitting down with Tom and say, hey, Tom, listen, I, I know you're doing this, and I just don't think it's right, and I think we need to talk about it, I did something else. I went around and I began to talk to other people about what Tom was doing. Hey, listen, you won't believe what Tom is doing. Can you believe this? And I'd go around and I would talk to other people and I would begin to take little digs at Tom. Now, listen, on the issue, you need to understand this. On the issue itself, I was right. You need to understand that. Like, I was right on the issue. And I'd go around and say, hey, listen, don't you think this is wrong, what he's doing? And people would be like, yeah, that's wrong, what he's doing. And I would feel good about myself because I would go around and I would talk about Tom. And the only person I wouldn't talk to would be Tom. But I was right on the issue. But my mama told me a long time ago, Mike, sometimes you can be so right, you're wrong. And I went around, and as I talked down about Tom, one of those people that I talked to, guess what they did? <laughs> went to Tom. They said, Tom, you won't believe this. Mike's talking about you to everybody. And so Tom and I uh, had a meeting that we had to go to. And, and as we're at the meeting, Tom says, hey, listen, Mike, I understand that you're talking about me, and, and obviously this is something we need to talk about. And so we set up a meeting in Hardy's in Kankakee, Illinois. And two guys who were a head of incredible ministries in the Chicago area sat down in Hardee's and we yelled at each other, we pounded on the table, we pointed at each other, we slobbered at each other, and we just made the biggest fuss. And it ended with Tom, I'll never forget it, he had a newspaper with him because he's older than I was and that's what older guys did then. He had a newspaper and he slammed it down and he said, Mike, I never want to talk to you again. And I said, Tom, I never want to talk to you again. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and he stormed out of there and I stormed out of there. And I'll tell you, from that moment on, there was just something that was unsettled inside of me that just wasn't right. I tried to go out and do ministry and there was just that festering relationship with Tom that wasn't right. And I told you I was right on the issue, right? But I was so right. 
I was wrong. And that conflict, I believe this, wasn't caused by what Tom did. It was caused by my own sin on how I handled it. Now, I think if we were honest in this place today, and those of you who are watching at home, many of the conflict that we have, many of the broken relationships that we have, it's because of our own sin. It's because of how we've handled it. It's because of how we have dealt with it. And so at that moment, I had to do this deep soul check and and I worked through this process on how to make this relationship right and how to mend it with Tom. And and I kind of want to walk it through with you. And, And my hope is that whether you have a broken relationship or you have unforgiveness or you have a climate that's just storming inside of you because of somebody else, it's impacting other people. How do we deal with it? The first is this, we need to look in the mirror. It's the first thing we need to do. We need to look in the mirror and do this deep soul check. I love what Matthew 7, 3 through 5 says. It says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? (laughs) You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, I just want to make this clear. To all of you who are in this place and and those who are at home, I, I want you to answer this honestly by a show of hands, okay? How many in this place would say, you know what, I am perfect? Okay, just me. Nobody. I mean, we can acknowledge that, right? That none of us are perfect. All of us have flaws. All of us have done things that we're not proud of. And, and I think when it comes to changing the climate inside of us, many times we just have to look in the mirror. And say, God, I just want you to do a check on me today. Are there things that I could be doing differently? I mean, are there things that, that maybe I have done that have made this worse Is there an attitude check that I need to have today? I mean, it's so easy for us, isn't it, to look at the speck in somebody else's eye in a a weird, twisted, perverted way. It makes us feel better because we all know that we're not perfect and we all have junk in our lives. And so it makes us feel better to point it out in other people's lives. But what if when we had conflict, when we had broken relationships, we just looked in the mirror and said, God, What in me do you want to change? What in me do you want to do? What are those things in my life that I need to make right? And and God, it's not about the issue because again, I know that sometimes we can be so right. We're wrong. So we look in the mirror. The second is this. After we look in the mirror, we make it right. We make it right. I love what Jesus says. He says, therefore, this is heavy, guys. He says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. 
I think in our context, it would look like this. Like if, if you're going into a service and, and you're about to offer a sacrifice of worship to God and, and you're about to gather with a group of people and you're going to sing praises to him and celebrate him and, and you get and you sit in your seats and all of a sudden you're like, oh no, I got a broken relationship. I got a family member. I got a coworker. I got somebody that hurt me. I got somebody in my life that I just haven't made it right with. And, and Jesus is saying, before you get into that service and you go worship me, go first and make that relationship right. Go deal with that relationship. Don't put it off any longer. Go immediately and then come back and worship me. Now listen, that's not Mike Kramer's idea. Mike Kramer would say, hey, listen, come up with like a five-year plan, you know, to slowly make it right. Jesus says, before you come and you offer your sacrifice, before you come and worship, this is so important to me. They go together, love God and love people. Before you come and love on me, you need to go make that relationship right. Because that relationship is impacting my relationship with you. I know this, it's easier said than done. I know sometimes it just digs up a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. But I want to challenge you guys, not because I'm, I'm pounding on you today. It's because I love you guys. And I know this, God's crazy about you. And he wants his absolute best on you. Some of you have to go make those relationships right. Immediately, you have to go make those relationships right. You see, there's times where my wife and I, it's going to be hard for you to believe. My wife and I, we kind of sometimes have these little spats. I don't know if you've had these spats, but every once in a while we have these little spats. And I'm always right, you know, but we have these little arguments. And, and I don't know if you're like me, there's sometimes where we're driving to church on Sunday morning. And I've got a great message planned, and I'm just going to hit a home run that service. But, but all the way to church, my wife and I are kind of like at each other. And we're just kind of like there's that tension. And there's something that is driven in that relationship on the way to church, which is crazy. I know it never happens to you, but it happens to me every once in a while. And I'm in the back room ready to get up and preach a message. And it just weighs heavy on me, this passage of Scripture. Listen, it's not right between your wife right now. You didn't talk to her the way I'd talk to her. You didn't treat her the way I would treat her. You're not looking at her at this moment the way I look at her. You need to make that right before you get out and preach anything. And so I have to go find my wife right before I'm about to preach. And I'll be like, listen, babe, I was wrong. I want to make this right. I'm sorry. I should not have done that. And it's amazing. I can go back and do what God has called me to do. See, for too many times, I've, I've done funerals for people. And, and right before they're about to close the casket, I've seen sons and daughters go up to the casket and, and drape themselves over the casket and just wail and say, Mom or Dad, I forgive you. I forgive you. I've seen it way too many times. I sat in a family member's funeral where where somebody in their 90s was being buried, and this is in my own family, and, and there was a 90-year-old brother sitting in the front row just weeping. 
the whole funeral. And then when I pried a little bit, I found out that they hadn't talked to, to each other in over 70 plus years because of a broken relationship. And I'm telling you guys, we got to make those right. We got to today make them right. And thirdly, what we do is after we've made it right, we move on. You don't need to keep bringing up the issue. We can move on. I love what it says in Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. The Greek word, I'm not going to bore you with that, but foothold is, it's the idea of not giving the devil any room in your life. Like move on. Don't give him any space in your life. And some of you have carried these broken relationships for years. And you're convinced you're right. But I'm telling you, sometimes we're so right, we're so wrong. We're wrong. And so when you make it right, don't go back to it. Don't hold on to it. Don't let the sun go down while you're still festering with it. You got to move on. Because our relationships with each other impact our relationship with God. And our relationship with God impacts our relationship with others. So here's what I want us to do today. I want to pray for you. And I mean this, like I, I, I got to believe this because I know I've had conflict over and over again in my life and broken relationships. I know for some of you, like names and faces have been popping in your mind this whole message. So my challenge for you is this, look in the mirror, make it right. Not in five years, not in one year, not in six months, make it right. And then let's move on. And I know in our own strength, it sounds impossible. But the one who went to the cross and took on our sin and our shame and our pain and went to the cross on our behalf, if he can forgive us, then he can give us everything we need to change the climate inside of us. And we can go out and make our relationships right. I like everybody by their heads, close their eyes. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. <clears throat> this is a challenging topic for so many of us. Um, so many of us in this place, so many of us watching online today have broken relationships. And because of those broken relationships, we carry a climate with us. That's not of you. And I believe that you've called us not just to settle for those, but to do an evaluation of our lives to make those relationships right and then move on. You see, I think what the world needs now more than ever is for men and women who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ to demonstrate that love to everybody they come in contact with, even those who disappoint us, who hurt us. And so God, would you help us with that? Would you help us evaluate our relationships and would you help us give us the strength, everything that we need to make those relationships right? And that we can go out into this crazy, tense world right now and show them something better. We love you, Jesus. Thanks for this challenge on us. I pray that we go out and live it. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thank you for listening.